the terms driverless, autonomous, and automated are bandied about the industry as synonymous. But are they really? Welcome to Truck Talk with Bendix, a regular podcast series from Bendix designed to help you better understand key topics in the commercial trucking industry. I'm your host, Denise Rondini. Thank you for joining me. I'm here with Fred Andersky, Director of Customer Solutions Controls at Bendix, who will chat about why the differences matter and explain his idea for a test of the viability of a driverless truck. Fred, it's good talking to you again. Good to be here on Truck Talk again with you, Denise. Why are demonstrations of new technologies in general, and driverless truck technology specifically, not good indicators of the technology's viability in the real world? Demonstrations are always a great opportunity to see technologies in action and to determine how they would best fit into a particular fleet's operating profile. But a demo, we have to remember, is just that. It's a demonstration. Commercialization of a technology requires much more work because in a demo, a number of variables can be controlled. For example, the demo can be done in nice weather versus extreme cold snow and ice, or specific situations where a demo emulates the real world, but may not represent all the real-world situations a technology may experience. That's why at Bendix, we tend to demo technologies that are commercialized or near commercialization so customers can see how they work and can ask questions about when and where it might not work well. For example, will the technology break for a deer? Which, quite frankly, today, the answer is no. But we do have to keep in mind that all the technologies we're looking at today are driver assistance and not driver replacement. As we move forward looking towards true autonomy, however, we need to consider more and more variations in the ecosystem that can affect where and when the technology may or may not be viable. If we don't, we'll end up with more situations, as we've seen with other technologies, where drivers have an expectation, the technology has a specification, and where there's non-alignment of expectation and specification, the result is altercation, which typically doesn't end well for the driver or the technology. People seem to be using the terms driverless, autonomous, and automated synonymously. Are they the same thing? That's a great question, Denise, and the short answer is no, they are not the same. Now, driverless and autonomous are quite similar, and basically the machine does the work. There's not a need for a human to be involved, but automated means that there still is the need for human involvement. It doesn't do everything, or it doesn't do everything all the time. Today, the systems that are out on the road are really automated, meaning a driver needs to be involved. Maybe not all the time, but at some point in time. Even the Tesla autopilot system is only an automated system that allows for the vehicle to drive by itself in certain conditions, but still requires a vigilant driver to monitor and take over as necessary. Some people, including the federal government, have classified levels of autonomy from one to five. What's the difference between level four automation and level five automation? Well, Denise, a lot of folks consider these levels, level four and level five specifically, as driverless levels. And to an extent, it's true. Level five, as we've discussed in the past, is truly driverless in all situations. Level four, on the other hand, is truly driverless 
in some situations. And these quote-unquote some situations that level four is involved in might include areas that are geofenced. So for example, the technology may be driverless in a geographic area like Mountain View, California, but ask it to drive you to Dallas, Texas, and quite frankly, it'll get you to the border of Mountain View by itself, and then ask you to take over to go the rest of the way to Dallas. These situations could also involve weather. You know, maybe the technology is only driverless on sunny days. Otherwise, you drive or for use on interstate or limited access highways only. These aspects or these situations are known as a vehicle's operational design domain. As long as the level four vehicle is operating in its ODD, then it can be perceived as driverless. When it's not in that ODD, then you need somebody behind the wheel or you need somebody to take over. Do we really need five levels? This is one of the things that really kind of bugs me and can create an air of confusion. Yes, there are five levels of autonomy, and actually six levels if you can include level zero, that according to the Society of Automotive Engineers, SAE, and NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, consider. Don't get me wrong, this is a good thing for engineers and regulators to qualify where a vehicle's performance is on a scale versus other vehicles and to really show how the technology is evolving. But the reality is, for most folks, this can be confusing. The real question that needs to be answered from a consumer and commercial vehicle operator perspective, is my vehicle driverless or not? Yes or no? Therefore, in my mind, there were only two levels, driverless all the time or not driverless all the time. And if your vehicle is not driverless all the time, it's up to you to know when and where it is not drivable all the time, and more importantly, when it's not. Recent crashes of what folks perceive as driverless all the time indicate a high level of misunderstanding because today the reality is there are not any driverless all the time vehicles. Describe the test you'd like to see driverless vehicles complete. Well, Denise, it's really quite a simple test from my perspective for a pretty complicated topic. But really, to prove that a vehicle technology is truly driverless, and let's keep it in the trucking industry, a tractor trailer or a truck which is equipped with no driver controls, meaning there's no steering wheel, no pedals, no shifter, and is fully loaded to its gross vehicle combination weight of about 80,000 pounds, can travel from Bangor, Maine, where it picks up its load, to Los Angeles, California, where it delivers its load, and then can be reloaded and make the return trip in equal to or less time than a driver team or a human driver team carrying a similar load. So Fred, under what conditions would you like to see the test conducted? Really, the worst conditions that you can expect a vehicle to drive in, snow, sleet, rain, that's why I really want the test conducted in late January or into February. When up in Bangor, Maine, it's not necessarily the most optimal conditions for driving. Also, the vehicle's got to take a reasonable path. What's the fastest way for it to get to Los Angeles, and what's the safest way for it to get there? It's got to follow the law. So, in other words, if the speed limit's 65, it's got to be going 65. 65, and it's got to obey the traffic signs and signals in a variety of different states where they might vary between each other. It can't have any crashes, of course, 
and it's got to travel normally. It's got to be like other vehicles on the road. In other words, no presidential escorts from Bangor to Los Angeles. And then finally, probably not finally, because there's probably going to be some fine-tuning on this in the future, it really has to operate 24 hours a day. Because when we really sit back and talk about the advantages of driverless, it's that it can operate all the time, and therefore this vehicle should be able to do that as well. What types of human intervention would you allow in your tests? Well, really, as far as the test itself goes, as little as possible. The technology, if it's truly driverless, needs to be able to find the best, safest, and most efficient route to its destination. That said, of course, not everything along its path may be automated. So things like, you know, getting fuel or getting air in your tires or some uh, vehicle maintenance that can't be automatically done, then yeah, a human technician can get involved from that perspective. Here's the real rub on this, Denise. The vehicle technology, like a human driver, must determine that these things are needed and communicate the need to humans to do the work. In other words, it just can't be expected that after 500 miles, we're going to change all the tires and, and refuel it. system has to alert somebody to say, hey, I'm running out of diesel. I'm going to head into a service station and get refueled. And then somebody can come out and refill it from that perspective. The bottom line is, if it's going to be driverless, it needs to be really driverless. In other words, it can figure things out on its own and it can act on its own. And finally, Fred, why do you think it's important to make the distinction between automated and driverless? Because people, drivers especially on the consumer side, but I'm beginning to fear maybe on the professional side as well, are hearing all this talk about driverless systems and not realizing that these are not truly driverless all the time, or level 5 systems, but at lower levels, which require the need for a driver to at least monitor what's going on and in many cases be involved. If not controlling the situation, at least being ready to take over. That's why I don't like hearing the terms driverless and autonomous used to describe the systems on the road today or that are being tested. The reality is, is that today, these systems are automated and drivers, like pilots on airplanes where autopilot has been around for 30 years, are still going to be needed and are still going to be around for a long time. I've been speaking with Fred Andersky, Director of Customer Solutions Controls at Bendix. Thank you very much, Fred. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play and discover how Bendix Solutions can help you improve performance, increase safety, and lower your total cost of ownership. You can also log on to knowledge-doc.com. That's knowledge-doc.com, where you can learn more about Bendix products and hear previous episodes of this podcast. I'm Denise Rondini, and thank you for joining us for Truck Talk with Bendix. Bendix.